Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ with your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler from the state of North Carolina with my co-host, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, Steve Coulter from the state of Illinois, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey, and Robert Lee Johnson from the state of of Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, we're grateful that you are tuning into our radio broadcast this evening. This radio show is brought to you by loving and faithful members of the Churches of Christ. We ask you to take out your Bibles and study along with us. We have a very exciting show planned for your spiritual enlightenment and your edification. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, you can give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. Or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the live show there as we speak. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Or you can give me a call at Stevie B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and study along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my co-host, Clay Phillips, on the broadcast and Dr. Frank Washington 
as they break into our listeners, the bread of life. And also my co-host, Robert Lee Johnson, as he answers the questions that are on the hearts of so many. We pray that you will bless them and their families that support their efforts, that they may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. While we pray that you will bless our listeners this evening who are tuning in via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well that their hearts may be pricked as they consider their eternal stance before you and their soul salvation. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we will not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak. And we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And that we have been faithful unto death. Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the broadcast. Our speakers for this evening in the first segment, my co-host Clay Phillips. He serves with the Rose City Church of Christ there in uh, Thomasville, Georgia. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the second segment, I have a question from my shout out platform on social media, my co-host, uh, uh, Robert Lee Johnson. He serves with, as an evangelist for the New Horizon Church of Christ there in Lake City, Florida. He'll be answering our shout out question for this evening. And then to close out the show, my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. He serves the plantation. I'm sorry, with the West Broward Church of Christ there in Plantation, Florida. And he'll be making this proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next one should be that of my co-host, Clay Phillips. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Let us gather joy. 
for a crown of dust in the light. Come on and in the light. In the light. Oh, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine from dark shore. listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Clay Phillips from the Rose City Church of Christ. Good evening. Live. Okay, I thought I was going second. That's okay. Good evening. I am Brother Clayley Phillip, minister here at the Rose City Church of Christ, where everyone is somebody, and Jesus Christ is Lord. We are so grateful uh, that we have the opportunity to come and proclaim God unadulterated truths unto a dying and perishing world. We are living uh, in the dying, and one of the days all of us must die. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.11, rather, it is appointed unto men once to die and after death, the judgment. So we're so glad that you tune in with us as we proclaim God's truths to you on this evening. And we're so thankful Brother Speed for giving us the opportunity to come and proclaim God unadulterated truths. I want to call your attention this evening to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. And I want to commence reading, if you will, at verse 1. Genesis chapter 37, and the verse is number. One, Genesis 37, and the verse is number one. And we find these words written. And Jacob dwelled in the land wherein his father 
was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being the 17th years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the son of Balaam and with the son of Zephar, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto the father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all the children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that his father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren. And they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were bounding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaves arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obesity to my sheep. And his brethren said unto him, Shall thy indeed reign over us? Or shall thy indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obesity to me. And he took it to his father and to his brethren and his Father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thy dream? Shall I and my mother, or thy mother and thy brethren, indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying, and his father observed the saying. I want to call your attention this evening to uh, this subject since it is Father's Day uh, weekend, and this is Father's uh, Month, so I want to use for a subject today, be man enough to be a father. Be man enough to be a father. The Bible says here 
in verse 1, and Joseph, or Jacob, rather, dwelled in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. Now, when you look at the text, it gives us the uh, example of or the going into knowing uh, our father's business. There are some things that you know about your father. All of us know some things about our father, whether good, bad, or indifferent. We all know something about our father. And so when you look at the text here, it starts out by saying, and Jacob dwelled in the land wherein his father was a stranger and in the land of Canaan. So we have Jacob, which later on become Israel. So we have Jacob being the father of the 12, which eventually be the 13 boys. And then we have uh, Joseph. So here we look at, uh, uh, we need to be, be man enough to be a father. In other words, you must understand that as a father, your children is going to know some stuff about you. So when you look at the word uh, uh, Jacob, <laughs> amen, we look at the word Jacob. The word Jacob here means uh, deceiver. Jacob means deceiver. So we look at, it says, notice that I start out by saying, and Jacob. Jacob, the word, his name means deceiver. There are three uh, homiletical tubes right here in that name. Number one, he is a deceiver. Number two, we learn about uh, their father. He uh, he uh, tripped and tried to uh, take his brother's place even in the womb. <laughs> Look at him. Uh, and then number three, we find that Jacob uh, is uh, a conniver. He is a individual that tried to take the place of someone else. Now this this is this is Joseph's father. Now uh, Jacob had to be man enough to be a father to these boys. And yet and still the Bible teaches us that even though his name uh reveal some things about his life that he still were a good father. <laughs> listen to me now, listen. He still was a good father. For when you read verse 1 again, it says, And Jacob dwelled in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. So when we look at the, the text, we need to understand, number one, 
We need, all of us have some things in our lives that we might want folks to know about. We might not want people individual to know about. So Jacob is a deceiver. He is a sub-planner. When you look up the etymological study of the text, that his name is sub-planner, meaning that he tries to take the place of another. Uh, he is a circumvencer. In, in other words, he his nature. He is a he is a natural born hustler. Woo! Better hear this up in here. He is a natural born hustler. He is a trickster. So it letting us know that the boys knew about their daddy's business. Is Jacob mad enough to handle being a father? <laughs> Are y'all following me up in here? Uh, uh. So here we find the text is teaching us that we must understand, regardless of how bad our fathers might appear, a bad or how uh, devious, he, he might be a hustler. But God can take a hustler and make him a husband. <laughs> Look at him. Now, now, so you, you know the story. You know how, how in the womb, the Bible says that Jacob held on to Esau. Yes, he did. Didn't he do it? Jacob held on to Esau heel. Didn't he do it? Amen. Now, not only that, not only that, uh, his mother uh, also was in the trickery of the text. Now, when you look at a man enough to be a father, there, there are three things that you must understand in being man enough to be a father. Number one, you understand the father's responsibility. Number two. You need to understand uh, the, a father's vision. And then number three, we need to understand uh, that a father's dilemma, that everybody, uh, not everybody, everybody have a dilemma. Everybody go through something. And so as a father, you must understand you cannot stop being a father. Because your children know your business. You, you cannot stop being a father. Because, now, first of all, let's go back now. Let's look, we're going to look now at uh, a father's responsibility. The father's responsibility is to bring out, listen, a father's responsibility is to bring out the best and the worst in his teaching. He must learn to bring out the best and the worst in the teaching. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Let me show you something. Matthew chapter 6, and the verse is number 9. Matthew chapter 6, and the verse is number 9. He must teach his children uh, how to pray. First and one. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, and the verse is number, Matthew chapter 6, rather, and the verse is number 9. 
and we find these were with Jesus teaching his disciples. We want to know uh, he, Jesus is teaching about prayer. And so here he said, I want you to understand something about prayer. So you back at the verse number five, it says, and when they prayed, he says, thou shalt not be as a hypocrite. So number one, when you pray, don't be as a hypocrite. So your father must teach his children not to be hypocritical. Why? Because God is omnipresent. God is uh, God knows everything. The sovereignty of God knows everything. And so here, Jesus was t- teaching his apostles and disciples. He said, "Now understand this." He says, uh, "After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father." which are in heaven. Holy is thy name. And this is what a father's responsibility is to teach his boys, to teach his daughters, to teach his family that you must understand, though you know some things about me, about my life, because everybody has sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Though you know some things about my life, I must teach you where I, who I own up to. (laughs) Listen, that who created us. You know the Bible said in Genesis 1 and verse 26, God to let us make man in our own image. Now, man, God made man in our image, but God did not make man without free will. So man sinned in the Garden of Eden. And so, even to this day, all of us know about Adam's sin. And so, what you need to understand is the responsibility, teaching your children the responsibility of who who do you talk to when you sin. God came to Adam, where art thou? And uh, Adam hid. You know the story. And so, a father's responsibility Number one is uh, he must teach his children the best and the worst. Amen? Teach them how to pray. How, what do you mean by that? He said, we look further then. How about Jesus said? He said, thy kingdom come. In other words, the kingdom belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what we must teach our children, our family, our boys, our girls. This is what we must teach in the church. Give us this day, our daily bread. God, our Father. And notice what it says now. And forgive us our debts as we forgive those uh, who uh, that we sin against us, that we sin against. Forgive us our debt as we forgive our debt towards. It says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is kingdom and power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So here, the responsibility of the father is, number one, to teach their children the best and the worst, how to deal with the best, the good, and the evil of life. Amen? Because when you look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5, and uh, let, let me show you something here. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and uh, verse number 1. 1 Timothy chapter 5. And the verse is number one. And that's what the Bible says. It says, uh, rebuke not an elder, but intrigue him as a father and the younger men 
as brethren. So here we find Paul is telling Timothy, he said, listen, the instruction concerning widows and how to deal with people in this life. He says, you need to understand, we need to learn how to talk and speak to those that are older than us, how to deal with your father, what you know about your father, what you know about individuals up in the church. Because all of every church, don't, 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 don't shut your ears now. Every church has some issues and has some uh, going in and going out. And then not only must you teach uh, your son responsibility, you must teach them, uh, give them vision. Give them vision. Uh, now, what is the, the vision that you ought to give them? Turn, turn to uh, Proverbs 29. Everybody now turn the Bible to Proverbs chapter 29. And I want to read, if you will, this for we go to Proverbs and we come to the New Testament, Proverbs 29, 18. Everybody now turn the Bible to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And we find these words written. Notice what it says now. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So here the Bible plainly teaches us that where there is no vision, the people perish. That, that, and you know what? Vision ought to start in the home. Our sons and our daughters ought to receive the vision of the father. The father ought to sit down and talk to their children about their vision, what they want to do for their mama, their mother, and for them, and what they want to see them go to. What is the vision of the family? Now, if you, if you look at uh, Proverbs 29, it gives us uh, a profound thing here. It talks about, it says now, notice now, it says in verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So now it gives us three uh, attributes here. Number one, it gives us comparison. What do you mean by comparison, Brother Phillips? It talks about where there. <laughs> uh, let, let me let me exegete this thing. Where there? Now, when you look at the text, you might run over that, but there, there's too much meat in there. There's too much uh, uh, teaching in that. Where there? You must look at where there as uh, verses. Where versus there. In other words, where are you when you get there where you need to be? Where are you spiritually when you get there? And so here, uh, Solomon is telling us, he said, listen, I, no, no, Solomon was a wise man. And so Solomon, even recognizing a comparison and warning and instruction and teaching us, he said, listen now, where versus there? He says, is no vision. You can't get there and don't have no vision because where you're going, you need to know where versus there is no, vi no vision. And so here it's talking about, uh, number one, in comparison. Then in verse number two, notice now the next part of the verse, the second part of the verse, the second part of the verse uh, says, another one says, perish, but he that keepeth the law, 
happy is he. So now notice now it gives us it gives us warning. It gives us warning. It says where there is no vision. So here where there notice now there is no vision. Is no is a warning. So it's warning us as fathers, we need to be mindful as fathers. Listen, we need to be mindful as fathers to teach our children to have vision. The reason why our young people today is going haywire is because they have no vision that came from home. It says where there is, now notice where there versus, versus where versus there is no, is a warning. So is no is a warning to us where there is no vision. Now the word the word vision here is uh, instruction. Where there is no instruction. And so as a father, we must learn to give advice that our children can have instruction. Now what is one of the main instruction or instructions that we do or teach our children? Let me show it to you. Turn the, uh, everybody turn the Bible to Ephesians 5, 22. Ephesians 5, 22. Listen now, listen. Ephesians 5, 22. What you need to teach your boys. First of all, let's back up to verse number 21. It says, uh, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. When you're teaching your boys, your family, your daughters, your, uh, the instructions, uh, be man enough to be a father now. Don't, 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 allow, <laughs> uh, don't allow anybody to tell you other than God how to be a father, how to be a man. First of all, be a man because God created us. Then to be a father, to be a father, listen now, you must learn there must be a submission Listen to what it says in verse 21 of Ephesians chapter 5. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So whatever you're doing, make sure it's predicated on the word of God. Then it says, verse 22 says, listen to what it says. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband. These are things that we ought to teach our wives and our children as unto the Lord. So a wife must understand these are things Vision that we ought to teach in our family. Number one, that uh, it is the fear of God that ruled this house. It is the fear of God that I'm concerned about. Number two, wives. Husbands, you must understand, you must respect your wives to the point where they will be in submission to you. Husbands, love your wives. Notice what now, notice what, notice now, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Who will save our, our home today? God has placed that responsibility on the fathers. Be not enough to be a father. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands. And everything. <laughs> so when you when you have when you have where there where there when you reach there you ought to have vision. When you reach this point you ought to have vision. 
Husband loved their wife, verse 25, even as Christ also loved the church. What did he do? He gave himself for it, for his bride, that he might sanctify, cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or in such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth the wife loveth himself. For no man yet ever hated his own flesh, but nourished it and cherished it even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. Now, now watch verse 31. For this cause, this, now this is what, this is what, you ought to give the vision to your family. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. <laughs> but this is a great mystery. For I speak concerning Christ and the church. Now, now what, what is he teaching? He said, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wives see that you reverence her husband. Now, what is the main, now listen to this, listen, the main vision of your children is to leave home. Body ought to say a minute up in here. The main vision of your children is to leave home. Let, 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 let me read it again, because you all, like y'all don't want to accept this. Let, let me read it again. For we are members of his flesh, his bones, brother, and flesh, and his bones, for this cause, this is the purpose, for this cause, shall a man leave his father and mother. Oh, <laughs> Whoa. Now, now, brother, why are you saying all that? Because when we go back to Genesis, let's go back to Genesis now. Oh, boy, look at him. Let's go back to Genesis 37. You, you ought to be able to see it now. Genesis 37 and the verses and more. And Jacob, and Jacob, listen, listen, and Jacob dwell, listen, Jacob dwell in the land wherein his father was a stranger. And in the land of Canaan. Now, Jacob dwelled in the land of his father, which was Egypt. Egypt was considered the world. So when you look at Egypt, Jacob went to the promised land, which was a trip back to worship. In other words, Jacob. Uh, dwelled in the land of his father was a, his father was a stranger, meaning was a pilgrim. The word uh, here is pilgrim, meaning pitch his tent. He was a pilgrim. Abraham, uh, uh, by faith, lived a life of pilgrimage. We in First Peter two verse nine. We are pilgrims. We are passing through. It says, in the land of Canaan. In other words, he says, you, you, 
you have a mindset that you're living in the world, but you realize this life is just a tent. I'm just passing through. <laughs> Somebody ought to say amen. You, you're just passing through. You, you're not here forever. You, you're just passing through this land, this weary land. You're just passing through. So Jacob dwell in the land wherein his father, whoo, <laughs> that, that's deep, his father dwell. Now, in other words, he had a Jacob, even though he was on uh, living in this world, he had a heavenly mentality. A, be a man, be man enough to be a father, to teach you, you have some responsibility at your home, uh, go home, fathers, do what you need to do. Teach, you, it, the teacher is going to be, you've got some good teaching and bad teaching, the best and the worst out of your family. Then number two, vision. You must have vision. Where? There. There must be a differentiation. There must be verses. Where you are versus there, where you're going. And then uh, number three, there must be, there, there's, a, there's also a misunderstanding. There is a, a, a understanding, a dilemma in the concept here. There is a dilemma in the concept. Because when we look now at these boys here, there is a dilemma. What is the purpose of the children? What is the purpose of those individuals? So now let's, let's just skim through this thing because i got about uh, five minutes here. Let's skim through this here. Notice the Bible says, these are the generation of Jacob. So here we find that Jacob come down through, and here these are the generation of Jacob. In other words, Jacob uh, and Esau were brothers. <laughs> and Jacob stole Esau's birthright. Now, why was God angry with Esau? The Bible says that and uh, God hated Esau. Why did God hate Esau? Because Esau um, overlooked the spirituality of the birthright. And he sold his birthright to the red pottage. And God hated him for that. Why? Because he did not add it up to where there is. In other words, uh, Esau, you are the son of promise. You are the oldest. You're supposed to see uh the promise. But Jacob, uh, it intensified. I want to be, even before his birth, now I don't understand that, and none of us do. Even before the birth, he decided that, listen, I am, listen, I am my father's child, and I'm going to, listen, I'm going to get the birthright, because the birthright is more valuable and more important than anything else. Hello? More understand. So the dilemma, the dilemma is the same as Paul has dilemma. What was Paul's dilemma? Turn to First Corinthians chapter 7. Turn the Bible now to First Corinthians chapter 7. I've got to wrap this up. First Corinthians chapter 7, and the verse is number 1. Now concerning the things whereunto I wrote unto you, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Paul said, now, let me tell you about my dilemma. My dilemma is 
Uh, don't even touch a woman. <laughs> he said, now, to be advantageous, he's saying that, listen, uh, there are some things you understand when you want to touch a woman. The, the lawfulness of it, the expedience of it, and the power of it. So when, if you want to get married, you're going to be a father. You must understand the, the lawfulness of marriage. You must understand the, the uh, uh, expedience of marriage. And then you must understand the power of marriage. And that's why the devil is going after uh, marriage now. That's why it's going after marriage to this day. Uh, uh, what you must understand is that when you when you study the Bible and read the Bible and look at the context of the of the Bible, uh, your father is doing what God asked him to do, and that's what we must understand. So when you look at the text and look at the uh, uh, Jacob life, yes, Jacob messed up. Now let me just give you. Uh, four targets, and I'm gonna let you have it. Four targets. Be man enough now. Be man enough. Be man enough to do uh, to look at these things. Number one, be man enough. It is not safe to leave the path that God has given us. Be man enough to stay in the path that is marked out by divine providence. You got to stay. Where God put us. We are men. God, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God made man, then he made woman. We have to be man enough to tell our boys and girls, listen, son, you are a boy. Listen, girls, you are a girl. We got to be man enough to do that. Be man enough to be a father. Number two, we got to teach our children uh, that Friendship of the world, it, it involves a deep spiritual loss. You cannot be friend of the world and and be the, in the fellowship with God. There's no way. Now, what do you mean by that, Brother Phillips? The aim of the whole text is to let us know that we must understand the fellowship we have with God. Fellowship. Is two fellows in a ship, etymologically. Two fellows in a ship. And so we must understand that we must have and be responsible. Let, 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 me, let me read something quick. Like, let me haste over there. Turn to uh, 1 John, uh, 1 John chapter, chapter 2. I'm going to try to read that very quick. Like, 1 John chapter 2 and the verses number 13. 1 John chapter 2, and I'm going to commence reading that verse 13. Uh, and we find these words written, First John chapter 2, and the verse is number 13. He said, I write unto you, fathers, listen, I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, younger men, because ye have become, or overcome, rather, the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. Whew. You know your Father's business. The, the Father's business we ought to be more concerned about is Jesus' Father, our Father, which art in heaven. Holy is his name. 
Then it goes and says, I remember you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you younger men because ye are strong and the word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome, whoa, how you doing? Overcome the wicked one. Now what is the target? The target of a father, a man enough to be a father is to teach your children that the, the target of God, of the word of God, is to have fellowship, have fellowship with God, that you have a testimony. And see, that's why angels cannot repent, because God did not give them a testimony. We have a testimony. That's why we fellowship. That's why you come to worship service. That's why you come to Bible study, because we have a testimony. I've been down, and I'm better now I'm up. I, I, I've lost, I've sinned. Now I ask for forgiveness. We all have a testimony. Be man enough to have a testimony. Jacob told his testimony. I'm your speaker, but the Clay Phillips, and this is what you must do. You must hear the gospel, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized and make your new creature in Christ Jesus. And now be man enough to be a father. May God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Singing all night, and it's all day, all Oh, 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 oh. 
Nashville, Tennessee. The question is, does an elder or pastor need to step down from serving in that office if they get a divorce from their wife? What say you to this question? Wow. Boy, that's a doozy there, Stevie. I was speaking to a brother today, and uh, this question sort of tied him in knots. So I may be tied in knots, too, but (laughs) uh, I'm going to do the very best that that I can. So should a minister resign, uh, should an elder resign, if uh, he uh, gets a divorce? Um, uh, that's a great that's a great question, and I do not um, I do not say that I have the answer to it, but I will attempt to answer uh, the question. I preach on the subject with with fear and trembling, as I know it is very controversial. Yet it is a needed subject. I am afraid that harm has been done to the work of the Lord by elders resigning for no good or scriptural reason is uh, the way that I'm approaching this uh, today. But um, it's just a wonderful thing uh, it's just a wonderful thing to to be here and just just have this opportunity to say something uh, on this uh, question. So, as I stated earlier, I will do um, my best. Likewise, much harm comes when elders refuse to resign when they should. Sometimes elders are asked to resign too quickly, and sometimes they would never resign, and there are times when they need to. It seems paradoxical that the men who should be the wisest men among us sometimes cause trouble in the church in which they oversee. I believe that elders should uh, neither be hasty uh, to resign or reluctant to do so when the evidence says that they should. I do not believe that elders should be appointed for life, and neither should they be appointed to temporary duty. Neither do I believe that just because one is older that he is an elder in the scriptural sense. True elders are older men, but they must be appointed. They must be appointed. Uh, The Bible says so in Acts 14 and verse number 23. If not, the word appoint is meaningless. If they are to be appointed, to what then we would raise the question? Uh, Should they be appointed just because they are old? Well, they already are that. 
ask this question. Why did God want Let us lay a foundation before answering the question, because that's what we would like to do. Excuse me, Robert, you have a bad connection, so you might have to call in on another line. We can't even hear you. Just stay tuned. We were waiting for uh, Robert Lee Johnson to call back into the show. Just stay tuned. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Radio show. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to try this again with our co-host Robert Lee Johnson. He's answering our question: Should an elder or pastor step down once they get a divorce? Go ahead, Robert. Can you hear me, Stevie? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, thank you. I apologize. Sorry. We're having this, uh, um, but I hope this will work out this time. Okay, with fear and trembling, whenever we talk about elders, this is we need to preach about it, write about it. 
and uh, also talk about it. I am afraid that harm has But Sorry, no Robert. Sorry, Robert. Your audio is terrible right now. Okay. The other line that you was on before, can you use that line to call in? No, because my... Huh? Your audio is terrible. We, we can't hear you. You're breaking up. We can't hear you in, in long stretches of your conversation, so... I understand that happens sometimes. I tell you what, let's just let's just skip this portion of the broadcast and we'll just try again some other time to answer this question. Yeah. All right. Thank you, brother. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Than our God on high. 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for tuning into the broadcast. We had some uh, technical difficulty with my second speaker in regards to the shouted out question, so we'll just try to bring him on at another time when we can get some better uh, communication from him. Uh, well, this is a live show, and you just never know what's going to happen when you do live radio. And, and also, my second co-host that was scheduled to speak on the broadcast uh, didn't make it as well. So we just only had one speaker on the show, uh, Brother Clay. And we certainly appreciate Brother Clay. He stepped in at the last minute, and he was ready to go. And I certainly appreciate his efforts uh, here on the broadcast, as always. Very sound uh, gospel preacher and always on point with his messages. So we really do appreciate him for his efforts. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just thrilled to be able to bring you a weekly broadcast. And this is our prayer that the lesson that was given on the radio show be beneficial to your spiritual lives. And your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuned in this radio show, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. On behalf of all of my co-hosts here at the Gospel Light Radio Show, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Don't go. If it was my grandma's touch on my grandma's mind, you know me a little better in my grandma's time. But I sure wish I could go back to those days and times. Now, 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 I don't know if it was my grandma's touch of my grandma's mind. You know maybe because I was looking through a little boy's eyes, but I sure thought things were better than they seem to be now.
by the river and give me my flowers down through the years. Easter speech learning day. And in school, we could even pray. What we're witnessing now is a low-down shame. I saw it on the news just the other day. Did you let that child stay on? Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm a heart fighting soldier on the battlefield. I'm a heart fighting soldier on the battlefield. I'm a heart fighting soldier on the battlefield. Bringing souls to Jesus by the service that I give. I'm a heart fighting soldier on the battlefield. I'm a heart fighting soldier.
listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.